who's the most terrible of them all? It's Hollywood Lean. Hello and welcome to Everyone is Terrible. I'm your host, Hollywood Lean. It's my favorite day of the week. Today we are going back to the basics. It's a regular episode of Everyone is Terrible. We're covering Bridgerton and Bravo. We have lots to do today. We have lots to talk about. I hope you're in the mood to get terrible because, honey, it is on and popping. It's the year 2021. Joe Biden is the president. Lady Gaga had a giant gold bird and J-Lo sang like a first grader. And don't get me started on the let's get loud part. You know, it's been an interesting beginning of the year. And if you're watching Bling Empire, I'm completely traumatized by Anna's nipples. Joining me today in the terrible studio virtually, a former actress from my former life in Las Vegas, (laughs) actor and performer Mikey Phillips. Hey, boo-boo, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on. We were like totally in a theater production of the king and i together a million years ago a it feels like it really does feel like a lifetime ago i mean we were in vegas it was like i don't even remember who was president at that time like um, it was <laughs> i can't remember but it was, i don't think we cared like as much as we care now <laughs> no we definitely had much different priorities <laughs> we had way different priorities it's so crazy but yeah me and mikey were you know ensemble performers in the background of a huge musical production And now we're here in the terrible studio, ready to talk about Bridgerton and Bravo, some of our favorite things. And it goes perfectly with the theme of my favorite things because Bridgerton is narrated by Julie Andrews. Let's get into what we're here to talk about, which is Bridgerton. I did a poll on my Instagram if we're following everyone is terrible pod. And 75% of you guys said you were obsessed with it. And 25% said, it was all right. Um, Mikey, what did you think? Overall thoughts of Bridgerton. Let's get into this. Oh, I, I mean, I'm with the 75%. Also, I would love to nominate the 25% of people who said they're not obsessed with it for the terrible of the week, because what is wrong with you? It is so good. I mean, it's, it's literally, you have Shonda Rhimes, who, I mean, queen, and then you have like this, this what is it called? The Regency era, which by the way, was nine years. It gets its own name for nine years. Oh, really? That's interesting. Nine years. (laughs) But so you have like this Regency Victorian era, you have lots of very hot, sexy scenes. And then like, I started watching it and all of a sudden there's this like gossip girl addition to it that I'm like, this show is brilliant. And that lead actor is so hot. Oh my God. The Duke. The The Duke. Duke. Oh, so good looking. But there's like a twist of, or like a sparkle of Cinderella to it as well, you know, because the show kind of opens up with the introduction of the Bridgerton girls for the queen. So right away we see that it's very like, who's going to be chosen to be at the ball kind of thing. Yeah. And I like, oh, did you see, um, like they were talking about how they came up with these two families and that they're like based on the Kennedys and the Kardashians. <laughs> yes, I saw that. And I thought that was brilliant because it fits in like, okay, I know it's a period piece, but they wanted it to 
be relatable to the 21st century. And they did a perfect job at that. And oh, if you don't yeah. know who Shonda Rhimes is, she's Grey's Anatomy. Uh, she's um, How to Get Away with get Murder. Away with murder. <laughs> fabulous. So like when I saw that, like the Kennedys and the Kardashians in that first scene when they introduce their daughters, like that tracks so much. Cause you could just imagine like Chris Kardashian, like shoving her daughters up there. And then like Jacqueline Kennedy just kind of walks in and just already has the brilliant daughter. And like, like exactly. it just tracks so well. Um, and you mentioned like making it modern too, like music is amazing. Like hearing the string quartet version of bad guy. Oh, loved it. Exactly. You're like, Watching this period piece that's very modern, so you're automatically hooked. The costumes are beautiful. There's over 7,500 different costumes. While you're watching this visually beautiful story and then watching these visually beautiful actors, you're like, this music is good, but it's like, it's like a quartet of strings. Like, what is this? And then you realize that it's Ariana Grande. Thank you, next. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was it was so brilliant, and I feel like it's that's been tried before. Like I don't know if you watched Rain on um, CW. They, I didn't. They you're not missing much. It's fine. They kind of tried to do the same thing, and it definitely was nowhere near as successful as it was on Bridgerton because I think it's also so subtle in Bridgerton, yeah. which makes it so successful. Bridgerton, based on the book The Duke and I, Chris Van Dusen is the official show creator, but Shonda Rhimes is the creative director of this all. You know, there's lots of symbolism. There's like a bee in the beginning. And, you know, I it, it it's present when there's reproduction happening. And it's present at the end when Daphne has the baby with the Duke, kind of hinting at the second season mm -hmm. where we're going to see Anthony Bridgerton and he's going to have his story. By the way, Anthony like brilliantly hot as well. A yes. gay man in real life, but like <laughs> fucking the opera singer against the tree, like so hot. What a hot ass. Oh, he, yes, I appreciated that scene for that exact reason. Um, he's also, though, like, too, like, so interesting to watch that character have this, like, he has to take over this kind of father role because their father has died. And he also, but it's interesting for him to be like, well, I'm not just not getting married because I have a younger brother, but I have to make sure that my sister gets the right match. Like, so so appropriate for the time period and also still so cringy i know like he is the man of the house he runs the bridgerton estate but the mom respects that and she kind of like lets him even though she doesn't agree with him it's really interesting because i just want to throw in a personal note about him he got the casting news about him being in bridgerton when he was on the way to coachella <laughs> Speaking of the mom, I, okay, I had a, such an issue with this because I cannot believe that moms in this era, which was not that long ago, did not tell their daughters how babies are made. The mom had to warn her, now that you're married, like, something's going to happen tonight on your honeymoon. Like, what? Like, what is you, this? Like, you can't even get more specific on the, like, telling her on her wedding night? Oh, my gosh. But also the interesting then going back to like the boys versus girls, all the guys are running around having sex with everyone when they're not married. So clearly someone told them what to do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who is giving out this information? <laughs> In the beginning, like we talked about the introduction of the girls, like we see the queen who is just like the epitome of fabulousness. She says Daphne's flawless in front of the entire society. So now she's the leading lady. She's the one that we're all hoping she's going to be married off to like 
the prince or the duke because he's in town apparently. Um, <laughs> or <yeah>. it is. <laughs> it's really great, you know? The outfits, like I said, it's the same costume designer as The Greatest Showman. So, like, Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you kind of see that correlation. Yeah. Um, the corsets were made by Mr. Pearl, who does like Beyonce's corsets and the Kardashians. So it, it worked out very well. What did you think of the queen? I wish to be entertained. Oh, I loved her so much. And I feel like this is, again, going back to that, like, how do we make this a bit more modern? The way she acted was like, it was poised, but like the amount of side eye that was happening <laughs> was so fantastic. She was so, so perfect. And even like, it was the right amount of sass and then when you saw the scenes with her and her husband who obviously is like starting to deteriorate like she still had she had this like longing of like are you back are you here and that was like so endearing to kind of bring make give a little bit more of a human aspect which i loved she was phenomenal exactly we saw some balance and some peaks and valleys in this character development of her she wasn't just like that sassy queen she was someone that was hurting deep down inside like like mm -hmm. you said um that was a very interesting kind of scene to take uh just because it kind of makes you realize why people are the way they are why people behave the way they do. There's always something behind the story. You never know what people are going through. You never know what people are experiencing in their life. So this was interesting. The Duke has become our leading man on the screen and he is living rent free in our sexual dreams. Oh my God. 100%. <laughs> Sexually tasteful, like the scenes are raunchy, but not over the top. I found out that they hired an intimacy, oh my God, I found out that they hired an intimacy coordinator. Yes, I there said it. There you go. <laughs> so they hired that and they hired uh, someone to basically do like sexual choreography. And the very first scene they filmed was the sex scene in the library. Uh, like if I was first day All on right, set, first day. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but then you look at him and you're like, Okay. Oh, and speaking of him too, I, I took some issue with him when he was like, I'm not like the whole reason why he wasn't going to get married or having children. I was like, you need to get over yourself. Get over your daddy issues. Okay. Yeah. We all have. <laughs> the Duke had plans to have revenge. He was like, I am going to kill the one thing that is your lifelong dream. And that's continuing this family. It is going to die with me. I am never <laughs> going to have a child because I hate you so much. Total daddy issues. Which, yeah, but another point on that, like, nobody's pullout game is that good. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's got some kids running around already. <laughs> His pullout game was terrible. The way he violently would seizure off of the woman. Remember that? <laughs> it looks like it looked painful for her. I was like, ooh, ouch. <laughs> And it looked painful for him. Like, I remember one time they were fucking outside in the garden on that, like, concrete or whatever. And he's on top of her doing his thing. And then, you know, he jumps off, but he jumps off chest down onto the concrete. I'm like, don't you have a boner? And did you just kill it? Like, what's going on? And like, where did it go? <laughs> Like where's the <laughs> where's the product? <laughs> like, oh. yeah. So it was very interesting uh, that you 
<laughs> you brought that up. And also, I love when she was like writing him and she was like, when she finds out like, yeah. oh, if you continue the sexual activity and he doesn't, he doesn't pull out. Yeah. That's how you have a child. Like she had to be told by one of the servants. <laughs> Again, thanks mom for absolutely nothing. Yeah. You're terrible mom. My favorite character is Penelope. Yeah. She's like short and pudgy. And I'm like, that's fucking me to a T. <laughs> First of all, if you don't want to know anything about the series, do not Google the word Bridgerton because you will find out spoilers and it will ruin your day. <laughs> but like there, there yeah. is like some stuff about that character that I'm so excited to see unfold. It's nice that this cast seemed very gelled together, mm-hmm. almost like a theatrical ensemble. And that's because they did like six weeks of training. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Dancing. <laughs> acting, choreography, and etiquette lessons for the girls. Like, everyone had some training to do. They're not that fucking good. They came in and had to be kind of molded to play these characters that were from a different century. These are 20-year-olds, like, diving into these characters. And I might, I have to add, they did a fabulous job. I don't think there's, like, one person that I was thinking... She's a bad actor. So Anthony's gay in real life, but is the Duke gay in real life? Because I've heard rumors, but I don't actually know. But Anthony is actually out. So we know he's gay. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> We're not getting together anytime <laughs> soon. So in my head, he can just be into me. <laughs> in my head, I'm like, I need him to be gay. So he's on my team and therefore I have a chance. And, <laughs> and I'm an actor and I'm dying to get in front of Shonda yeah, Rhimes. Like, you know, like... I've done my rounds, my fair share of rounds, but I actually have not been in front of her or her team yet. So let's pray to the acting gods. Because at the same time, you all have to realize you love the podcast, but this bitch is also a hustling actor (laughs) on the side, uh, dealing with the terribleness of Los Angeles and the rejection. So feel bad for me and send me a tip on Venmo. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's get into uh, the Bravo breakdown. Oh my God, I haven't said that in so long because we've been covering Sex in the City. Catch up on what we're doing. We're doing a deep dive into the Sex in the City series leading up to the reboot. We're revisiting these characters and naming one of the most terrible. So uh, let's get into the Bravo breakdown. It's been so long and I'm very happy to discuss Bravo. And Mikey is a Bravo aficionado as well. Aficionado, aficionado, aficionado. 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 Do you watch Below Deck? Oh, of course. First of all, Below Deck has been sucking lately, but it is fucking back and good. Yeah, I, yes, it is back. I, well, I unfortunately was one of those people that watched Sailing Yacht and I will never get that time back in my life. I hope they. Why would you do that to yourself? I don't know. I thought like, ooh, it's dramatic and the ship tilts. This will be great. But like, <laughs> but it was not good. This, this episode in particular was when, first of all, Chef Rachel, oh my Lord, she's both obviously a great chef. I mean, I don't get to taste her food, but I can see that it's phenomenal, but she's also off her rocker. And did you know she was on America's Next Top Model? Yes, I saw that (laughs) clip and she was fucking iconic. (laughs) My mind was blown when someone said that to me. I was like, stop it. No. You guys, she's in a bathing suit on the catwalk in front of Mr. J, Mrs. J, Tyra, the whole fucking gang. It's so great. Go check it out. But this week, 
I've never liked Elizabeth and not that I think she's a bad person, but she is so your typical, like high school girl who meets a boy, falls in love with him in three seconds. And to watch her sit at the bar drunk on James's ear going like, we should get married. Like, and then crying when she's like, I take this seriously. She's my nominee for terrible of the week. I was, we have our first nomination, Elizabeth from Below Deck, and I don't even blame Oh my you. gosh, it was so cringy. Now, James is another one who I like. He's I he's horrible. So he is weird. <laughs> like, he's attractive. I know he's not ugly, but for some reason, I think there's, like, something ugly about him, and I figured it out. It took me weeks to, like, analyze him. I'm like, his body's great. Like, his lips are pretty. His night. Like, what is it about that? It's his eyebrows. Oh. <sighs> That are too fucking plucked and he looks like a weird melted Ken doll. Well, one of them mentioned his eyebrows like really early on. I don't remember. Was it Izzy who said like, go pluck your eyebrows? Yeah, Someone, like his yeah. eyebrows weird me out or yeah, something. He's yeah, he's also, he's like, you, I would see him and be like, oh, he's attractive. Also, I like, I love a good English accent. So that would be attractive to me too. But the minute I let him talk for more than 30 seconds, I would be like, oh. But we have to name like also someone who's terribly delicious. And I'm going to name her. It's got to be Dolores. Like the way she jumped off the boat. And then when she jumped off the boat the second time, I was literally fucking rolling. I I was dying. Listen, I think that at that point, if you're getting kicked, if Captain Lee has literally said, we are, this is over, you're leaving. Yes, you should jump off. Funny, the way she just, like, side dove. (laughs) I'm like, this bitch is a fucking diver and it's fucking hysterical like i just it was classic captain lee captain lee telling her not to jump off like you will not like jump off this boat like that's gonna be an iconic below deck moment for me for forever and then she does and he's like god damn it (laughs) we know before this season started that captain lee lost his son to a drug overdose and to me like it's just so sad but part of me is like I, oh, I I just got done doing a murder podcast, so forgive me if I'm a little dark, but <laughs> sometimes I feel like there's a price to everything. There's like a price to fame yeah. and like, I, I just feel bad. Like he lost his son and Captain Lee revealed on this episode that he is the one that found him. And I'm just like, I, I feel so bad for Captain Lee and that's just a horrible thing to go through yeah I completely agree that that scene well that scene also made me actually turn to my boyfriend because this is the that's the this is the one bravo show he will watch is blow duck (laughs) and I said you know what I love about Captain Lee and I I don't feel this with Captain Sandy I think Captain Sandy is very much putting on a front um Captain Lee I said I really think that he genuinely cares so much about his crew and about the people that work for him. I don't think that he's making that up. I don't think that it's an affront. And for him to like, to share that on TV, to share that with a person he's just met, this isn't Kate, his like kiddo, you know, this is a brand new first two. Francesca, who's like crazy in a crybaby. Like I feel like I it felt really, really genuine. Do I think that probably production was like, we want you to have this conversation? Sure. But the way that he was having the conversation felt so real and really tugged on my heartstrings. And I do feel for him and I love him. Captain Lee is my like favorite, favorite person on Bravo. But I want to move on and just kind of touch on Real Housewives of Dallas. I know that only five people watch it. 
me and Mikey are not one of them. But (laughs) I have been just kind of dipping in and out. And there is a new girl. uh, Her name is Tiffany Moon. And she is very sassy, very funny, and very smart, and very woke. So uh, she takes it upon herself to be like that one voice for all of us. So she confronts Brandy and was like, that was really stupid what she did. And like bringing up the, 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 the Asian racial video. So she addresses that right away. So people are liking Tiffany Moon. She's doing her job. Um, I want to kind of end this with Cameron on Watch What Happens Live and saying another, it's just like the Dallas girls really just always have to say something very racially insensitive. So Cameron goes, yeah, she is, Tiffany Moon is very bossy. She is bossier than those girls in Bangkok at the ping pong show. What? I'm like, I'm just like, I fucking can't with you. Like, what is wrong with the ladies of Dallas? Like, I love Stephanie. She's a fan favorite, but I'm just like, this is the reason that I don't watch this show like that. Yeah, I, I like, stopped watching them after like season three. After it was a Leanne, Leanne right? after Leanne, <laughs> like how many times did I have to hear Leanne talk about how she like, like she tried to kill herself? Like I was like, how many times do you have to tell me this? And then she had all her problems. And then Brandy, every time she opens her mouth, it seems like says something wrong. And I'm like, I can't, I watch these shows for the drama, but also to kind of decompress. And you guys make me so anxious. <laughs> You're like, I got to take an anxiety yeah. pill after watching you bitches. And I am done yeah. with that aspect. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's move on. Um, let's move on to Real Housewives of Orange County. It finally ended, you know, like I didn't even watch the last six weeks. I had to binge it and like kind of just catch up. And even then I was zoning in and out. Like I just cannot stand Kelly Dodd anymore. I think Shannon is a life sucker. Like how does she have a boyfriend? All she does is cry all the time. Oh my gosh. She's an emotional vampire. Real Housewives of Orange County, I feel like every, like, I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I am I think I'm done with OC, but next year I'll probably start watching it and it'll probably be great because that's the, like, that's the roller coaster I go on with this show is I, like, they have one bad season and then the next season seems to be better. But, like, yes, I agree. Kelly Dodd needs to be done. I am so over her. Her stupid, like, farts and pants comment that she made at the reunion. I, it was so typical. Like, she thinks she's so funny. And it's, she's not. And to hear her like go back at Andy and listen, I'm Andy sometimes is, he's very problematic. I 100% agree. Yeah. Like he was getting on my nerves at the real house as a Potomac reunion, but this reunion. Yeah. He was literally just saying like, do you not feel like what you're saying is a problem? And she's like coming at him about how like, well, people don't like you. People are canceling you. I'm like, oh my gosh, girl, like how delusional or out of touch is she? Do you not realize your ass is done after this? Every time a housewife comes after Andy, they're not back the next season, Carol. She told, Carol told Andy she was full of shit. She was done. Vicky Gunvalson yelled at Andy, told him that he was a liar. Like, oh, I never auditioned. And she made some crack about gay people. She was done. And now Kelly Dodd retaliating against Andy because Andy's like, dude, I get thousands of messages about you like thousands of messages. Like people want to boycott the show. People want you off. And she is so defensive instead of just being like, I know. And I'm sorry. Like, I just, I can't believe I was that stupid or whatever. She says, well, what about you? You're anti-American. Like I get messages about you being anti-American. And it's like, 
here is your Trumper side coming out. Here is that red side that we saw at the finale of the show when you're yelling at Bronwyn to get out of Newport because she doesn't believe in the same thing. But she's like, that's America. L- L- Newport and go to Laguna because it's like, get the yeah. fuck out of here, Kelly I'm Dodd. over her. I'm so over her. Uh, Shannon, I am almost to that point where I'm done with her because Shannon still entertains me. And then how did she think that was going to end when she was telling her boyfriend's son, you can't leave here. If you leave, you can't, you're not coming back. Of course he was going to be like, all right, well, the second he leaves, like, I'm going with him. Like, you're not going to, like, stop my son from coming back into safety. Like, I'll just go to my own house. Yeah, and why was she filming that? Why was she filming telling that kid he couldn't, he had, couldn't come back? I know, there was no cameras. That was clearly on a cell phone. Okay, Bethany Frankel. Yeah. <laughs> you remember when Bethany would give her phone to her assistant and she had to walk around her apartment crying? Yes. Like, I'm just like, I fucking can't with you guys. <laughs> Um, the good thing about the season uh, reunion was that Elizabeth finally stepped up and showed us a little bit of maybe why she got cast. She completely annihilated Bronwyn, called her a bad lesbian, which is totally That's true. So funny. And then everyone was like basically just freaking taking their shots. Everyone took their turns. Paparazzi is not going to fucking drive two hours to go to Orange County for a fucking reality star who is not even like, She's no fucking Bethany Frankel. Like, they're not fucking going down there. No, like, no. Please. And I, like, oh, it's so sad because I wanted to like Bronwyn so much. <laughs> like, I really did. And I, it, just the end of it, I was like, I don't, I, I think that everything she does in life, if I take what's on TV for, for real, everything she does yeah. in life is all about what she thinks is going to make her happy or what if she thinks is going to make her look a certain way to other people. And it's so sad because, I mean, first of all, again, gorgeous woman. Bronwyn's ah. beautiful. And she's fun. I've been around her. She's a friend of mine, but she's also on a public platform and she knows what I do. And she knows that I'm going to always keep it real. And right now, no one is really kind of liking Bronwyn. It's yeah. like, it's too fucking much. And we're all thinking, what are you doing to Sean? Like, I know oh he's gosh. not fucking perfect. I know, that poor but man. I'm just like, do you realize that you're showcasing him out to be this guy that is on the sidelines while you go and lick all sorts of punani and find yourself and take a trip and go see other housewives yeah. and you're just like flocking around. Like, what do you think we're going to think about him? Yeah. So yeah, Bronwyn just needs to be a little bit more real for me and then I think I'll enjoy her more. My, my favorite people though this season were 100% Emily and Gina. I loved them to death. <laughs> She's being a housewife. Yeah. So good for Emily. Um, I was at their house weeks before the COVID scandal hit. So it was interesting for me to see the show because I had no idea they even had COVID. Oh I, mean, we were <laughs> I went over to their house for dinner. And then a couple weeks later was when their COVID thing hit. I'm like, Shane didn't, even, Shane didn't even bother to tell me he was in the hospital. And we text all the time. So I'm like, Shane, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I even called him and I'm like, I went over your house. Why did you invite me over? And he was like, well, I invited you over to get COVID. <laughs> But then Emily's like, he's just kidding. You were here weeks before we had it. So I was like, oh, you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> let's move on to a real housewives of Salt Lake. Let's let's bring on the snow. Let's bring on the Mormons and let's go to Vegas where me and I Mikey know. both grew up as yeah. well. So it's interesting that the girls are in Vegas. Uh, what do you think about Salt Lake City overall? And then we'll get into this episode. Okay, my thoughts about Salt Lake in a nutshell is it came on so strong and then I felt like it hit a lull. But 
I think these last two episodes, I've been very intrigued. Um, Mary is, I don't understand how she was cast. I don't know why she's on this show. I do not. I, she's so problematic. Like not even from like a interesting, like, ooh, fun to watch. She's, her past is so, so sketchy. Yes, I think Whitney's messy and she shouldn't have said it at that party, but why are we dragging this on now for the second week? Why is no one saying- And they made up. Yes. They made up in the tub outside, like in the freaking the, weird rusted tubs that they that were was, sitting in that looked disgusting. I, by I was with Jen on that one. I was like, oof, that is not the spa I want to go to. <laughs> I know. Like, bitch, we're used to fancy yeah. spas. <laughs> living in LA, living in Vegas. Like, what is this shit in the mountains in Salt yeah, Lake? <laughs> but Jen too, but I've, Jen's that girl though. Jen's that girl that you know when you make up with her, the next time you have a fight, she's going to bring it up again. Stop saying that everyone's like, I'm such good friends with Mary. I think they're scared of Mary, to be honest, because why, why are they perpetuating this? For me, Mary, like her clothes are her best friends. Like she sits in her closet surrounded by designer clothes and like, that's like her life, you know? Oh, Jen Shaw, thank you so much for my Shaw Squad outfits. Like, I love it. And you know what? There's going to be no hate on Jen Shaw here. And it's not because she sent me clothes. You guys really need to stop bitching about people that bring the drama. And then all of a sudden, you guys don't want the drama. Jen is doing her fucking job as a housewife. She's not as desperado as freaking Bronwyn. So yeah. let's not go there. Let's just enjoy Jen Shaw. I like that she threw the cup and got crazy. Like she was drunk. What did you expect yeah. her to do? Like I would have been like, this is my husband's party too. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's called the motherfucking alcohol. Blame it on the out. And I love her for bringing the, for bringing the whole, it smelled like hospital fight into our lives. Like, cause that oh is so true. I fucking hate gosh. hospital smell. I know what she's talking about. <laughs> oh, there's going to be a cast shakeup for next year. We know that they're not all going to come back. So I'm interested to see who, who makes the cut. Well, a message to Mary Cosby. If you want to come back, girl, you can't say no to these cast trips. Yeah. You have to film. That's the point. You have to fucking talk it out. So she should have went to Vegas and fought with them. And then we would have gotten like a better episode. I mean, you know, so if you want to come back, bitch, you need to join. We the party. have another episode in Vegas though. Yeah. So maybe, maybe. <laughs> Jen Shaw's going crazy on Heather Gay on the shoe store. <laughs> when she fell Heather down, Gay. when she fell oh off my of, God. I was dying i was like that is something i would do i like, i'm the crazy person first that of falls all off the bar. kudos yeah <laughs> kudos to heather gay for yes. catching her she's so fucking strong she's like <laughs> heather's my favorite on the show too i love heather oh absolutely like she was the first one to say hi to me follow me back give me your phone number she was the first one to come on the podcast and say hi and then she did an instagram live let's get into real housewives of beverly hills I don't know what to believe anymore. There's so many rumors out there. I know that none of this Erica Jane drama is going to even be on the show. Oh, no. So we might as well just at least talk about like what's happening. The update is I heard Tom quote, cannot take care of himself anymore. So he's on a conservatorship, kind of like Britney Spears, where the family is in charge of everything. It sounds like things are spiraling out of control almost. We don't know what the hell. Maybe we should call Mikey the choreographer. He knows everything. Oh. <laughs> Which also, like, so I remember seeing, like, Mikey's been showing up on, like, reality TV forever. He was on an episode of Dance Moms one time. 
and he was also on Real Housewives of OC way back in the day with Gretchen. Well, we're hoping that Beverly Hills comes back with the bang because it's one of those that has already been lackluster. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a newcomer on. We have Crystal Minkoff. Yes. Uh, and then we have Kathy Hilton, which I'm excited about because I like when Kyle is squirmy. You know, like when Lisa Vanderpump used to manipulate the shit out of her and she'd be like, I'm not going to lie about it, Lisa. Like, please. Yeah. So I like when they kind of like get on Kyle because I think she's like the perfect crier and like the perfect balance of like being true to herself, but like trying to please other people. And she does do that. So it's going to be interesting to see the matriarch of the Hilton family come in and whoop that ass because Kathy Hilton is a pistol. She's a little butch. <laughs> She's going to be the ringleader. Like, I can't wait for this. So um, I'm really hoping that they step it up or it's going to be the next Orange County where we're just like done with yeah. it. It's going to be the next Dallas where we're just kind of over it. So Atlanta's been boring to me, y'all. Sorry about it. So that's pretty much the Bravo breakdown. You know, we had some nominations. Let's go, go through them again. We have Elizabeth from Below Deck as one of our nominations. Mm -hmm. I'm voting Cameron as a nominee yeah. for Most Terrible for her inappropriate Thailand comment. I'm voting Kelly Dodd from Orange County on the Most Terrible list for saying that she's black. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, girl, that's right. you are, like, you're Mexican. Your parents are Mexican. Like, what are you talking about? We also have the whitest woman in America being nominated for most terrible, and that's Bronwyn uh, Wyndham Burke. So uh, those are my nominations. Who are you nominating for most terrible? Um, well, I had Elizabeth from Below Deck. We didn't talk Southern Charm, but I so uh, Madison this week on Southern Charm. I don't understand what her angle was. I don't understand why who she was upset with. She was just upset with everyone. Everyone. <laughs> so Mikey, who is your official person? For most terrible of the week, you're the guest. You go first. I think it has to be Elizabeth from Below Deck. I think she had her worst, uh, her worst character flaws came out this episode, and that's that she's clingy and whiny, and she's like every guy's worst nightmare. And I just don't see this. Oh my gosh, I don't see this ending well for her. And it, it was so rough to watch. She's a stage four clinger. Uh, she's that like virginal energy that just. <sighs> traps her penis and doesn't let it go and it's like you know like the flowers in um in suddenly Seymour, yes. like, that He's flower Audrey. is gonna yeah she's gonna attach to that james penis and james i feel bad for james's penis it was crazy that like below deck is crazy like we literally saw them having sex yeah i was i was very surprised at how much i, I felt like i was there <laughs> yeah, and then the roommate walked in and she's like, it smells disgusting in here. Like, I wouldn't have even spent And the, the thing is, there. we all know what it smelled like, too. Like, you know. You, we've oh, all been there. We all know. Yeah, because oh, we're all fucking trash. people that have had dirty-ass <laughs> sex before in a small space. And it smells fucking ratchet. Not while you're having sex, but as soon as you're done, like, you're like, open a window. It smells like fucking <laughs> ass in here. So, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, Elizabeth is the most terrible for Mikey. I think I'm going to go with Kelly Dodd, though, which makes her on the terrible list now for the third time since the podcast had launched. Sorry about it. Feels low. Sorry feels about low. <laughs> I know it feels low, right? Well, we're really charitable. Here. <laughs> Everyone is 
Elizabeth and Kelly Dar are the most terrible of the week. I want to thank my guests, Mikey Phillips, for coming on all the way from New York and giving us the tea on Bridgerton. I had so much fun. Thank you so much. Uh, where can we find you? What would you like to promote today? <laughs> if I don't have anything to promote. Uh, I promote peace, love, and happiness. How about that? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm on Instagram at Flying Pan Fan. I have a little bit of an obsession with Peter Pan, have my entire life. Um, so you can follow me there. I love to like, I'm always tweeting or not tweeting. Who does that anymore? I'm old. Uh, I'm always posting about like Bravo and stuff. So if you enjoy that feel free to follow. So, you know, if you are subscribed to the Patreon that is going to be launching in a week, you will have access to the episodes before everybody else. The show is 30 minutes long, but we record for an hour. You will see the full uncut hour on the Patreon. You'll be able to see me. Well, that's going to happen again. I want to thank some of my paid subscribers, Ashley, Elizabeth, Perla, Stephanie C., Holly, Chantel, April, um, if you want to leave me something on Venmo, it's in my Instagram stories. Join the Facebook group. Everyone is terrible. You can drop your most terrible nominations in that Facebook group that is going to be launching this week as well. Lots of things launching this week. I'm going to be a busy bee. Two new episodes this week. There's, going to, there's a Night Stalker episode that I really would suggest you guys listening to at night. You're going to be totally freaked out and creeped out. It's going to be so good. Patreon. Facebook group and the merch all launching this week. You can access all of that by clicking the link in my Instagram bio. You're on Instagram all the time. Just follow everyone is terrible pod. I want to thank my guest, Mikey. I'm Hollywood Leon. It's my favorite day of the week and we'll see you next time. Terrible kids. Bye.